The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him, until an opportune time. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I did something a few days ago that I always try not to do. It happened uh, a few nights ago. We were at a fundraiser for the Bishop Walker School held at the cathedral. And I was visiting with some parishioners, including a vestry member and her mother, who were there. And the vestry member asked me what I had chosen to do this year for my Lenten practice. And I told her what I was doing. And then I looked at her mother, and I said, what are you going to do for Lent? (laughs) And all of a sudden, I realized I was very aware that I was wearing my clergy collar, and I saw the look in her eyes... Um, she had not decided yet. <laughs> it was only a couple days into Lent at that point. We laughed about it, and by the end of the conversation, she knew what she was going to do for Lent and shared it with us all. <laughs> but I, I try to never put people on the spot like that. And so I will not put you on the spot, but if you are doing a Lenten practice this year, how's it going? Have you had the opportunity to experience temptation yet. And if you have, how is that going? Well, it was around this time of year where I used to live in a place called Carmel Valley, California. And this time of year with the better, better weather made it possible for the county to do road work. And to understand the lay of the land out there, Carmel Valley is really a valley. And surrounding uh, the valley, you've got these steep hillsides on both sides. There's a river that actually runs right through the center of Carmel Valley, right at the bottom of the valley. And there's only one way to get around, and that is on the road that is the valley road that goes parallel to the river. And the old-timers used to tell me that 
Sometimes there would be a flood and the road would be overcome with water and nobody could get anywhere. They just had to wait for the waters to subside um, because it just would shut everything down. And when you're driving along the valley road, it's beautiful. You've got oak trees and wildlife and nature all surrounding. But most of the time, people just zoom up and down the road, getting where they need to go. So at this time of year, when the weather starts to be better and they decide to do that road work, what ends up happening is people will have to sit and wait for their time to go. And the traffic will just be at a dead stop. Sometimes 30 minutes or 40 minutes, which tempts you to lose your patience. But you know that you're in the same boat as all these other cars that are stopped there with you in front and behind. And there was one day when this happened, and I was sitting in my car at a dead stop waiting. Oh, I forgot. I'm going to go back. Um, there, there is a, this is not important, but I can't... can't re- I'm giving into the temptation to say this is a bad joke. Um, Car- but I find it charming. In Carmel Valley, with all of the uh, wildlife, there is a fair amount of roadkill. And uh, they told me a joke when I got there that fits that area. Why did the chicken cross the road? To show to the skunk that it could be done. (laughs) Which was very personal to all of us there. the, The smell was unforgettable. So there's this day when I was sitting in my car and I was just looking around because there was a lot of time um, to pass. And something happened. Suddenly, instead of seeing just the cars that were around me, I saw the faces. I saw the faces inside those cars of people who were having whatever experience they were having at that very moment. And I became suddenly aware of the presence of these others. Not just their presence, but also their sacredness in God's eye. They were all of them. They were all there that had been there all the time. But I had never looked through the glass, through those windshields, to see the faces that were behind them. And on that day, I could finally see them and notice them and appreciate them and honor them. Each one of them, a child of God. And extending beyond that, it was a reminder, a vivid reminder, that we rarely see the world in that way. We succumb to the temptation to not honor the lives of others, even those who are right in front of us. Last week, At the 9 o'clock service right here in this space, many of us reaffirmed our baptismal covenant. We had a baptism with three little children being baptized, and it's wonderful whenever we have a baptism, we get to affirm once again what we call the baptismal covenant, which we cannot affirm often enough because it is a high thing that we promise to do. And one of those promises is that we will seek and serve Christ in all persons. Think about what we promise when we say that, that we will seek Christ in all persons that we meet. And when we do find the face of Christ in others, we have no choice but to serve those people. And of course, 
We often don't do this because we have places to go. The story from the gospel today is all about temptation. Jesus is thrust out into the wilderness by the Spirit, and he's there for 40 days and 40 nights, enduring the temptation of the devil the whole time. And we are told by the end he is hungry, and the devil then tempts him to turn a stone into a loaf of bread. And then the devil tempts him to worship something other than God so that he could receive gain. And finally, to put God, he is tempted to put God in the position of having to save Jesus in order to show off his status. In other words, to put the Lord to the test. And Jesus answers each one of these temptations by quoting scripture. And it's a, an important aside to point out, do you notice in the text that the devil himself quotes scripture? And what we're hearing is actually a warning where the text of the Bible itself is warning us against the misuse of the Bible. Well, whatever temptations that you or I may be facing each day at this time, in Lent or not in Lent, it's not as dramatic as what Jesus faced when he was face-to-face with the devil, but the motif is the same. Temptation is a fact of life that we can't change. All that we can change is our response to it. And that's one of the reasons that I love this season of Lent. And I find it such a powerful and useful season because it gives us a chance to practice on small temptations so that we can do better on the big ones. And perhaps one of the most pervasive temptations that we face every day is to not take the time and the energy to really see one another, to see the preciousness of each soul who is a neighbor to us. That ordinary moment on that road those years ago became something extraordinary, something memorable, even all these years later. I was struck by a prayer that was written recently by the Church of Scotland. The Church of Scotland is a sister church to us. It's part of the Anglican Communion. And they put out a prayer for Ukraine. I'm not going to read the whole prayer to you, but it starts, O God, the refuge and strength of all, you hold the people of Ukraine in the palm of your hand, the name of each person is written on your heart. And it concludes, save us, we pray, from not caring enough. For your son's sake, amen. If we can at last learn to see others more clearly, we might avoid the temptation to not care. We have to watch ourselves when we are zooming down the road doing what we think we need to do, which is often our agenda, when it can actually make us blind to what really is God's agenda. And I think that this city, even though it is full of do-gooders, here in Washington, it's common to give in to this temptation, to move fast and to be really busy 
And if we didn't give in to that temptation, I believe otherwise this place that is our home would have more justice and more safety, more shared opportunity for all God's children. We need a little traffic jam sometimes to cause us to pause and to behold and to take a breath and realize that at all times and in all places, we are surrounded by neighbors that the Lord wants us to see and to honor and to love. Amen.